Hi, I'm Katrina Daniel, and welcome to Primetime Crime, a podcast for people who want to know what goes on behind the scenes of the most notorious trending crime stories and what's going on in the minds of those involved in those stories. What are the detectives, the judges, the defense attorneys, and the prosecutors thinking? You'll hear it all on Primetime Crime, the podcast. This is Primetime Crime. I'm Katrina Daniel. And today's episode, Karma's Gonna Get Ya. In this case, Karma got serial killer Roberto Wagner Fernandez, a Brazilian flight attendant, pilot, and serial killer of young women in South Florida. To date, only three young women have been identified as victims of Roberto Wagner Fernandez. But now authorities in two countries, the U.S. and Brazil, believe he may have killed even more. Here's the background. In 2000, the body of a young woman was found stuffed into a suitcase and dumped along a busy road outside of Fort Lauderdale. Her name was Kimberly Dietz Livesey. She had been brutally beaten to death. Mere weeks later, another young woman, 21-year-old Sia Demas, was found also beaten to death, her body stuffed into a duffel bag. Several months later, still another girl, Jessica Good, was found stabbed to death, floating in Miami's Biscayne Bay. Here's how the Broward County Sheriff's Department finally solved these cold cases. But first, here's how karma got Roberto Wagner Fernandez. He crashed in a plane. Seems he was trying to flee Brazil after his ex-wife's parents allegedly hired a hitman to kill him because they believed he had killed her too. DNA linked Wagner Fernandez to the murders in South Florida, and that story is fascinating. Here to tell us, reporter Chris Perkins. To my great delight, joining me is reporter Chris Perkins. Chris, you've been covering this seriously weird, weird, but very interesting story. Lay the groundwork for us here. Tell us about Roberto Wagner Fernandez. Well, you know, Katrina, it's it's kind of a bizarre case because this is a situation of a serial killer who was operating in South Florida and nobody knew it. So what happened was he had three deaths uh, that that are that are known. Uh, they started in in uh, two thousand, and really, you know, th- this is a guy who worked as a as a flight attendant and also drove a tourist van in Miami. And so he had access to a lot of people, but really he preyed on prostitutes who had drug addictions. And so the first victim was uh, Kimberly Beats Livesey. She was a 35-year-old from Fort Lauderdale in the summer of 2000. She was beaten and had her body shoved into a suitcase and left on on the side of the road in Cooper City. Then in August of 2000, Fernandez killed uh, Sia Demas. She was a 21-year-old from Wilton Manors. She was beaten, had her body stuffed into a duffel bag. And then the, the final one was Jessica Good. She's a 24-year-old Pompano Beach resident. Uh, she was killed in August of 2001, and she was stabbed in the chest. And it was really the uh, Good murder that was the key to linking all of these others because police were able to get some stuff from the Good murder. One of the things was Good called her boyfriend, yes, her boyfriend, before going out on a date with Fernandez. And she told him that she's going on a date with this guy. And she said he drove a van 
and she provided her boyfriend with a number from the side of that van. And so that, that you know, the boyfriend talked to police and that was how police tracked down Fernandez because they called the owner of the van and he owned the tourism company that, you know, you take people around Miami and, you know, Skane Bay, here's, here's uh, you know, Brickell Avenue, such and such, uh, kind of a sightseeing van. So he calls the owner of the business. The owner of the business says Fernandez is the only employee who drives that van. So they find the van outside of Fernandez's house Police, they wipe it down and they find some DNA match of goods DNA in the van. And and so uh, that was kind of how everything fell into place. But by that time, Fernandez, who is also a licensed pilot and a Brazilian, had fled to his native country, Brazil. And of course, the United States has no extradition treaty with Brazil. So uh, the BSO, Broward Sheriffs, who was was, uh, running this case, along with uh, Miami police, because Jessica Good was uh, killed in Miami, uh, they stayed on it. Um, They get in touch with the Brazilian government. They eventually get permission to exhume Fernandez's body, and they they, uh, find out that it's him. But, you know, one other twist in this whole thing was the police were not sure that Fernandez was actually dead. He died in a plane crash in 2005 going from Brazil to Paraguay. Police weren't exactly sure that he was dead because there's another twist in this case. Um, Fernandez was married and he, in 1996, his wife died in Brazil. He was, uh, he was tried for that and, and uh, you know, he, he was not charged, he, he was not convicted of any crime, but the ex-wife's family never forgave him and it's believed that they hired assassins to kill Fernandez. So it's also believed that Fernandez didn't want to spend a whole lot of time in Brazil because, you know, he thought these people could track him down and kill him. So very complicated story, very interesting story, but those are kind of the highlights of it. How did Broward Sheriff's deputies and everybody connect the dots? I mean, Fernandez fled right after he killed Jessica Good um, through the, only the DNA in the van that uh, Fernandez was driving. Yeah, that well, it was it was really uh, the the boyfriend. It was really Jessica Good's boyfriend, um, and he was the one who helped them, you know, track down this van because he had the phone number that Jessica Good had given them. And that was kind of, and then they dust the van for fingerprints and they find the DNA in there. And that was really the thing that, that got the ball rolling. If Jessica Good hadn't made that bizarre, uh, you know, step of telling her boyfriend, I'm going on a date, Fernandez might never have been caught. Well, he wasn't caught. He got away with it. Was he wealthy enough to own his own plane or was he stealing them? And he was fleeing to Paraguay at the time because he was afraid his his dead wife's family was going to have him killed. Yeah, it's not known uh, about his financial situation, but I'm going to guess he wasn't very well off uh, considering he was a flight attendant and had a second job driving this tourism van. So, you know, I'm going to guess he was not very well off, but, you know, had enough money to be able to travel between here and Brazil. Does he have any family, do you know, in Brazil that's left? Anyone that's speaking up in his behalf? Nobody that uh, that we've been able to track down uh, so far. And, and Katrina, I'll tell you this, uh, police aren't sure that this case is over from the standpoint 
point of they think there could be more victims out there and and they're trying to get people to to come forward if they would have known Fernandez at, at any time. But um, yeah, it's 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 really just a, a a strange situation when you consider his in-laws were after him. The murders happened so long ago, you know, 2000 and 2001 and, and just the the, I, I, I guess just the awful way that he disposed of these bodies, the one body in a suitcase, one in a duffel bag, and Jessica Good was found floating in Biscayne Bay down in Miami. It, it's just kind of bizarre to think that there was a serial killer operating out there and, and nobody knew about it. Is it likely that there are other victims in Brazil and is that investigation still open? Police think that there could be other victims. They said that he had a string of cases in Brazil, and most of them involve violence against women. And so he was never convicted of, of uh, any, you know, uh, rape or, or, or anything along those lines, murder, but um, police say that he does have a, a record. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a strange situation. And, and, you know, and I'm not sure uh, how his wife died. You know, that, that's the other thing. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but you know, I, I think it's obvious that the ex-in-laws think that it was very suspicious circumstances. <laughs> because let's face it, if, if you're so mad, you go to the step of hiring a or allegedly hiring an assassin to kill this guy. You know, you you don't trust the circumstances. Chris, I know this is kind of short and I know that you have to go and run to a news conference that you cannot miss. Thanks <laughs> for taking part in this. And I, I have a feeling we're going to be calling you again. Oh, anytime, Katrina, and, and uh, thank you to your, your uh, producer, Carmen, also. You all are very professional. Anytime you all want to call me, I'm available for you. Thanks for listening to Primetime Crime, the podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Primetime Crime and on Instagram and Twitter at Primetime Crime underscore. Post your comments and tell us what true crime stories you'd like to hear about. Subscribe to Primetime Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Thanks a lot. 